Well, Scott Frazier, Scott and Casey Frazier Farms, Chapman Ranch, Texas. We're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture from Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the world is changing fast, and that will affect the upcoming Farm Bill debate. We talked with the ranking Republican on the Senate Agriculture Committee recently at the Texas Ag Forum in Lubbock. We'll have his thoughts on the changing world and how it will affect the new Farm Bill coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you're a Texas High Plains farmer who's planning to return some land to production after it's been out for a while, that's information you probably need to share with your crop insurance agent. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Urban sprawl in Texas and across many regions of the U.S. is creating more need for horticultural crop production in outlying areas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on how this is occurring in my story on Texas Ag Today. A sound fertility plan that considers optional methods of providing nutrients to a forage system should be the norm. We will discuss the use of poultry litter as a source of nutrients. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We live in a very different world than we did two weeks ago and that's reflected in the chaotic markets we've been enduring. With Farm Bill field hearings getting underway next month, it's important that farmers have a voice in crafting the 2023 Farm Bill. That's the word from the ranking Republican on the Senate Ag Committee, John Bozeman of Arkansas. The Farm Bill expires 2023. Who knows what the world's going to look like a year from now? I don't exactly know all of the problems that we're going to be dealing with, but but I feel very certain uh, that we're going to be dealing with problems that we that we didn't deal with prior to the last Farm Bill. So we're going to need to adjust appropriately. Those solutions need to come from the the producers, the stakeholders. Bozeman says the first hearing will be held next month in Michigan. Meanwhile, Bozeman wrote a letter to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack this week asking for a delay in the deadline for farmers to sign up for the Conservation Reserve Program. With inflation at a 40-year high and global food prices reaching new records last month, Bozeman wants the administration and USDA to look at ways of increasing food production. So he's requesting to delay the sign-up deadline for the CRP until farmers have a better understanding of supply disruptions associated with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Texas hog producers can sign up for federal aid if they had losses during the coronavirus shutdown. 
The U.S. Department of Agriculture is now accepting applications for aid through the Spot Market Hog Pandemic Program. The program provides $54 per head for each hog sold in a spot market between April 16th and September 1st, 2020. The new program is part of USDA's Pandemic Assistance for Producers initiative. USDA reports the aid program is designed to offset hog raisers' losses that were the result of fewer negotiated hogs and lower market values as a result of decreased packer production during the first year of the coronavirus pandemic. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. A USDA inspector has been charged with accepting bribes at the Texas border. According to an indictment filed in a Laredo federal court, a USDA employee was paid to allow tick-infested and diseased cattle to enter the country. Authorities arrested Roberto Adams in Laredo, Texas, charging him with bribery of a public official. The indictment states that Adams accepted bribes from March of 2019 to November of 2021, specifically for allowing tick-infested and diseased cattle to enter the U.S. without inspection or quarantine. With crop prices at historical levels, some Texas farmers may be tempted to plant on some land that's been out of production for a while. James Hunt tells us you need to be sure to communicate with your crop insurance agent about that. As we talked about in our previous report, March 15th is the sales closing date for spring-planted crops in our area. And to go along with that, Rachel Myers offers a special note to farmers who are returning land to production by bringing it out of pasture or out of the CRP program. I always caution producers, if you have broken out any land, depending on the number of acres that you have broken out and you are going back into crop production with, which this year we've actually seen a lot of that because there were CRP contracts that expired this past fall, just high commodity prices, lots of things that are driving land back into agricultural production. Every scenario is different, but if you've broken out land, let your agent know because if it's over 320 acres, then there's some other things go along with that, but you may need a written agreement and those also have to be done by that sales closing deadline. So you're kind of running out of time there and that's something that so many times producers don't think about until acreage reporting in the summer and sometimes it's too little too late and, you know, going into a dry season like this, it's pretty important to have that insurance in place and be happy with your coverage. Meanwhile, despite getting some snows here and there, we know that the growing season for winter wheat has been devastatingly dry in the Texas High Plains. Meyer says crop insurance adjusters will begin going out to make assessments in the next few days, but wheat farmers are under no immediate deadline if they want to make a claim. They have all the way until harvest. You know, they can sit tight until typical harvest time and make a decision on whether or not that crop is going to be worth pulling a combine into and at any point that they decide that they need to get it looked at they can let us know it's not like it has to happen right here right now rachel myers is the owner of myers crop insurance in claude i'm james hunt on the texas farm bureau radio network urban sprawl is creating more need for horticultural crops in outlying areas tom nicoletti has more more and more orchards vineyards plus production of vegetables and fruits, are located very near metropolitan areas of Texas. Here is San Angelo horticulturist John Begnaud. We're seeing this change, which is is not a bad change. It's just something we're aware of now, is that agriculture is still here. The face of agriculture around urban areas especially is changing. 
and uh, certainly the amount of acreage necessary for uh, these various horticultural crops not nearly uh, needs to be the size of growing the traditional agricultural crops. It does not, and it's kind of odd because incomes can actually increase per acre incomes on horticultural crops. If market research is done right and consumer demand is considered, these can be very economically viable farms. And what about consumer demand? Uh, A lot of internet sales these days, and uh, I guess uh, that is uh, certainly the way to go with uh, many of these horticultural crops and uh, farms that are established. Well, you better consider that for sure, because just because you build, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come. You're going to have to do the research, make sure what you're planning on growing is something the consumer really wants to buy, and how they will get access to it is all part of the market research, which is as important as the land you buy. We're seeing it all around the country when we're looking at urban sprawl. Uh, so it's something to be reckoned with. Land becomes much more valuable than the commodity that is grown many times shifts to something that has more value added. That is horticulturist John Begno from San Angelo. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With fertilizer prices three times what they were last year, Poultry litter has become a valuable source of pasture nutrients. Forage specialist Vanessa Olson takes a look at using poultry litter on Texas pastures. Fertilizer should generally be purchased based on the price per pound of nutrient, although certain sources of nitrogen fertilizer, when priced by the ton, may be more appealing than others. Consider the analysis and the actual cost per pound of nutrient. Many times, higher-priced fertilizer on a per-ton basis is a better purchase. An alternative to traditional fertilizer sources is animal manures. Broiler litter is commonly used in Central and East Texas as a nutrient source. Broiler litter can be a good source of nutrients for several reasons. Besides providing the primary nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, there are also appreciable amounts of calcium, magnesium, copper, and boron. Yearly applications of litter may also raise soil pH over time. This can be critical to produce certain forage species and serves to reduce overall input cost associated with limestone application. Also, provided by the litter is organic matter that helps to improve soil tilth and nutrient and moisture holding capability. There is some lag time in broiler litter application and when the nutrients will be available. Because of this lag time and nutrient availability, producers may wish to apply broiler litter at least one month prior to forage greenup. Users of broiler litter should also realize that approximately 10 to 15% of the nitrogen is not available in the application year, but will be available the following year. Most of the phosphorus and potassium, however, are available the first year. Broiler litter is highly variable in nutrient content. Nutrient content can vary from farm to farm as well as from broiler house to house. Poultry litter can be analyzed at most soil testing labs for nutrient content per ton of litter. Before making any fertilizer decisions, collect soil samples and have them analyzed so you know what and how much you need for optimum forage production. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today. Time is running out for Texas youth to apply for one of the Texas Brigade's summer camps. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And like humans, horses can have heart problems. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Like humans, horses can have heart problems. But Dr. Bob Judd says heart issues in horses are not common. So when they do occur, it's a very serious situation. Horses don't have human-style heart attacks, but can have other heart issues. In general, the equine heart is a very healthy organ and rarely is a cause of disease. However, when there is a problem, it can be serious, like in the 2011 death of an Olympic gold medal-winning horse from an aortic rupture. Dr. Celia Marr from England indicates that the horse's heart is well adapted for its role as an athlete, as the normal resting heart rate can be as low as 30 beats per minute, but can increase to 250 beats per minute at a gallop, and at that rate, pump over 60 gallons of blood per minute. Now just think about that a second. At a gallop, the horse's heart can pump over 60 gallons per minute. So it's a pretty efficient pump. The horse's heart can also have variable heart rates depending on the rest of the body, and this is normal. In fact, many older horses and horses in athletic shape have long pauses between beats, and you may think there's a problem, but in most cases, there's not. Most common rhythm abnormality in horses is atrial fibrillation, and unless you use your horse heavily, you may not even know it's present. Fortunately, horses do not die from atrial fibrillation, and some horses will even self-correct the erratic rhythm. However, atrial fibrillation can be a cause of reduced performance, and some horses require treatment. Horses can have heart murmurs, and most murmurs are not important, but any horse with a significant murmur needs a cardiac ultrasound to determine the location and severity. Fortunately, cardiac problems that lead to sudden cardiac death are rare, such as fatal cardiac arrhythmia after exercise or aortic rupture, as occurred in the horse in Italy that I mentioned previously. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Time is running out for youth to apply for one of the Texas Brigade's summer camps. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Instead of sitting at home on the couch all summer, Texas teens have the opportunity to broaden their horizons and learn more about wildlife, natural resources, and leadership at the annual Texas Brigades summer camps. Natalie Wolf, executive director of Texas Brigades, says there are nine options for camps. If you have an interest in quail or deer, you can choose on that, or you can choose by the date from June to July, or you can choose on the region. We have some camps in the south, some on the coast, and some up north or in the Abilene area. We've got two Bob White Brigade options. Now we have two Ranch Brigade options, and we still have Bass, Coastal, and Waterfowl Brigade. There are also two Buckskin Brigade options. 
Texas Brigade's camps are open to youth ages 13 to 17. It is an application process because of the locations and the quality behind the instruction in each camp. We do have a capacity limit and we want to know who these kids are and what their interests are. And you don't have to be from the country. You can be from Houston, Texas and not know a thing about the outdoors or truly wildlife, but you may have an interest in it. And we're speaking to those kids too. And it's an opportunity to come and learn all of these skills to network and meet new friends who have the same passions or excitement about the outdoors as they do. Youth must apply by March 15th. Additional details are available on texasbrigades.org. That is texasbrigades.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's been another volatile week for the cattle market with prices climbing earlier in the week, then falling off lower here at the end of the week. So how did the markets wrap up the week on Friday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle markets rebounded Friday to end out the week after closing lower on Thursday. April live cattle up $1.40 to $137.30. June live cattle were up $0.50 to $132.95. Fed cattle were higher Friday on firm packer demand and lower inventory. March feeder cattle up $1.62 to $153.27. April feeder cattle up $1.72 to $157.97. Box beef higher. Choice up $1.14 to $255.08. Select up $285 to $250.22. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to head to Caldwell, talk to Carl Herman about his weekly sale. Carl, it was cold and wet, but you drew 600 head of good cattle. How did they sell? We had 76 sellers, 49 buyers on a higher cow market and a softer calf market. We had 180 slaughter cows and bulls and stalker cows. Slaughter cows, 45 to 101. Slaughter bulls, 76 to 117. Stalker cows, 730 to 1600. And the pears, 900 to 2300. We had one of those sellouts for some brangus pears and, and uh, heck, they brought from 15 to to 23. Had a lot of people in the stands that were interested in buying some replacement cattle and they did really well. On the calf side, on the steers, 
two to three weight steers, 162 to 202. Three to four weights, 167 to 217. Four to five weight steers brought 166 to 227. Five to six weights, 155 to 174. Six to seven weights, 140 to 152. Seven to eight weights, 135 to 142. On the heifer side, two to three weight heifers, 140 to 160. Three to four weights, 150 to 197. Four to five weight heifers, 150 to 167. Five to six weights, 140 to 154. Six to seven weights, 130 to 172. And the seven to eight weight heifers, 120 to 137. Larry, we're having a special sale on 19th, a week from Saturday, I'm going to have 800 of probably some of the fanciest F1 Brayfords, Brangus, and, and Hereford cattle, and Brahmin cattle that uh, there is in the country. So uh, we look forward to that. So you folks be looking toward that. Carl Herman, Caldwell Livestock Commission Company. Tell us how to get a hold of you for next week's sale. You bet. 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. If you're to Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner, and he's got pins right there on 141 at 540-8676. Of course, that's Carl Herman, Caldwell Livestock Commission Company sales on Wednesday. I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you. Lean hogs rallied Friday on strong demand or expected strong demand. April lean hogs up two dollars and sixty-two cents to one hundred two seventy-two. May lean hogs up two seventy-seven to one ten fifteen. If you'll remember, the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report released by the USDA on Wednesday forecast lower pork production this year on slower slaughter pace and lighter carcass weights, and that has been impacting the lean hog markets. March class three milk down a penny to twenty two forty one a hundred weight. April class three milk up eight cents to twenty three ninety seven. After seeing double-digit losses on Thursday, we saw triple-digit gains in the cotton markets Friday. May cotton up 417 points to 121.03. October cotton up 340 points to 108.19. Some of that could be due to the report from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration calling for La Nina conditions this summer. March corn up six and three quarters to seven sixty four and a half. May corn up six and three quarters to seven sixty two and a quarter. March hard red wheat up twenty three and a half to ten seventy five and three quarters. May hard red wheat up twenty three and a half to ten eighty nine and a quarter. April natural gas up fourteen cents to four seventy seven. May natural gas up fourteen cents to four eighty one. April crude oil rose $3.40 Friday to 109.42. May crude oil rose $3.40 to 106.39. Now let's check our financial markets. The Dow closed 62 points lower Friday at 33,111. The S&P 500 down 26 points to 4,233. The Nasdaq down 175 points to 12,955. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Jessica Domel, and I thank you for joining us, and we hope you join us on our next episode for the latest news in Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.